Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello again, beautiful people. You have Makala with you today for episode four of our Productivity 101 mini-series. And today I'm going to be talking about getting shit done. Now, if you've been following our podcast for a while or know a little about me and my business, then you know that I am a systems and automation nerd. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with productivity after all, because it's all about saving time. Anyway, I came across a quote earlier this week by productivity guru James Clear, who I've also mentioned before, that I absolutely love. And the quote is, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. I'm just going to say that one more time because I think this is pure gold. You don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And I mean, that is so damn true, really. We know it to be true from other areas of our life. Like, say you're trying to lose weight by eating better. If you don't set up the systems to support that, then you're more likely to fail. For example, to support yourself in healthier eating, you might create a food plan and then go shopping to make sure all the foods that you've decided you're going to eat are available in your kitchen when the time comes for you to eat them. So if you don't put in this prep and support work at the front end, then when the time comes for you to eat your next meal, you're far more likely to reach for the chocolate bar or opt for the fast food option to take, save time and effort. So the bottom line is the more systems you put in place and the easier you make it for yourself, the more likely you are to succeed. So let's get down to the how. In my book, there are three systems or tools that you need to master in order to get shit done, both in your life and business. And the first one is your email inbox. Now, I'd absolutely love to know how many people just rolled their eyes at me right now. I'm not going to lie, I do see it a lot. It's like one of those uncomfortable truths that everyone knows about, but no one really wants to talk about. Although, if I'm really honest, there are probably more like two camps when it comes to this. There's one camp where people will proudly announce that they have 10,000 plus emails in their inbox. And then there's the other camp of people where they'll avoid eye contact and try to change the subject. (laughs) I think at various stages in my life, I belong to both. So, Having an overcrowded inbox really is nothing to be ashamed of. The chances are you've never really been taught how to manage it effectively or you've succeeded in getting it to zero, but you've not had the systems in place to help you keep it there. And that's okay. There is no judgment here. But one thing I really want you to know is that if you're a woman, a cluttered inbox is actually bad for your mental health. Let me explain this further. A research study completed back in 2012 
uncovered clear and tangible links between clutter and anxiety, which really is no surprise, right? Researchers found that a large number of possessions and the management that this requires is strongly related to an increase in women's cortisol levels. And cortisol is the hormone responsible for making us feel stressed. So, you know, again, this is no big surprise. However, this phenomena isn't just confined to physical clutter. The perception of digital clutter, such as an overfull email inbox or a desktop filled with documents and icons, affects us in the same way. And yes, they found this effect only in women. So I guess the natural next question here is, how do you get your inbox to zero? Well, here is my short solution. The first step is to create a new folder or a tag if you're using Gmail or Google Workspaces and call it temp archive or temporary archive or something similar to that. Then what I want you to do is move all of your inbox emails except those that you received in the last month into it. So right now it's the end of October. So I would leave all my October emails in my inbox and move everything else into the temp archive folder. So if you do that, you should have a more manageable number of emails to deal with. So now you need to deal with the emails left behind, right? So when it comes to dealing with email, you really have just five options. Read, wait, action, archive, and delete. Now I'm going to run you through each one of these quickly so you get an idea of what it's about. So emails that you need to read are things such as blog posts or newsletters. So these emails can either go onto your to-do list for you to do at a particular time, or you can move them into a separate read folder or label to deal with later when you have time on your hands. Now, if you take the second option here, I highly recommend that you create a weekly habit of going through your reading folder because it's no good moving the emails out of your inbox into a read folder to then have them sit there and accumulate untouched for the next six months. That defeats the whole purpose. The second option, wait. So wait items are emails that relate to something that hasn't happened yet and that you may need to track or refer back to. So for example, I keep event confirmation emails sitting in my waiting folder until after the event has passed, just in case I need to reschedule or double check on the time or the location or other such information. Now, I also keep emails in which someone has promised me something. So whether that be a file or just some information, but they've not yet delivered it. So those emails go into a folder called wait. And again, I have a weekly habit of checking through that folder. And then if an event has passed and I no longer need that email, I either archive it or delete it. And if 
the person hasn't responded with the information that they promised, I can just send them another email to follow up on it. So that's how you use the wait. Action emails are, as the name suggests, something that you need to do or to delegate to someone else. So essentially, these are the emails or the actions that needed need to be added to your to-do list, which I'm going to get to a bit later on. Archive emails are emails that you need to keep to refer back to at some unknown point in the future. And delete emails are the ones that were either unsolicited or that you will just never need again. So really, that's it. You don't need any other options. Just read, wait, action, archive, or delete. So that covers tool number one. Tool number two, which you may have already guessed by now, is your to-do list. Now, if that triggered another involuntary eye roll, don't worry, I won't take it personally. But you might be wondering why to-do lists are so important. Well, here's the answer. David Allen, the pioneer of the to-do list system called Getting Things Done, once said that your mind is for having ideas, not holding them. And that is so very, very true, especially as women. As women, we were designed to be able to juggle many responsibilities at once. It's called motherhood. (laughs) But even if you don't have kids or a partner, pets, a car or parents, you still have a body, a home, and if you're listening to this podcast, then you most likely also have a business. So with any of those things, you have lots of responsibilities and things you need to do. Now, it really doesn't matter if you have a paper to-do list or a digital to-do list. I personally prefer, prefer digital because we all know I'm a tech geek, but The main reason is because it gives me a greater freedom when it comes to rescheduling tasks and creating recurring tasks. Um, Because if you've got a paper list, sometimes, you know, you've got to rewrite the tasks, which I personally find really frustrating and annoying. Um, And I like to set up daily recurring tasks so I don't have to think about things. It's like I come in each morning, I've got a few recurring tasks that appear daily and I can just work my way through them. I don't have to think. I don't have to go, oh, what do I have to do next? That's the magic of a digital to-do list. But having said that, the most important thing is that you do what works best for you. So the first step to creating a useful to-do list is to do a brain download of your tasks each day. Again, this is the your mind is for having ideas, not holding them. So you need to get all of these ideas out of your brain and onto paper or into your digital to-do list. So you want to try and capture all the little tasks that you have floating around in your head and get them down somewhere. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you have five options when it comes to your email. Well, when it comes to your to-do list, you only have four options, which are delete, delegate, defer, or do. So let's run through each of these quickly. I always have delete at the top of this list because really this is the most important option. 
Items you delete are tasks that are low value tasks that really don't help you move your business forward in the direction that you want it to go. They're usually just busy work, like things that are easy and sometimes really enjoyable to do. But if you're really honest with yourself, they're actually a waste of your time and energy. They kind of give you that little dopamine hit from, yeah, I did it. That's something I can tick off, but they don't move the needle or move anything forward. So these ones, you just want to delete, get rid of them. If you struggle with deleting tasks, it can be really helpful for you to review your business goals and ask yourself, does this align with what I am trying to achieve? If the answers are clear, no, then delete it. Delegate's pretty straightforward. There are some tasks that you can get someone else to do, whether that be your VA, your spouse, or even your kids. As they get older, kids can actually be really helpful in your business. I actually employ my college age daughter as my virtual assistant, which frees up so much of my time and energy to concentrate on the big rocks in my business. Um, And big rocks are your priorities, the important tasks and projects that keep things moving in the right direction towards your goals. So I started employing my daughter, I think when she was about 14, and just started her on simpler tasks and then have built her up to more complex um, and important tasks in my business because over the years she's got to know it really, really well. But if you don't have willing kids, a VA can be absolutely amazing in helping you get done the little things that don't need your time and attention but are still things that you wouldn't delete. They're still things that need to be done, that are important, that are moving the needle, but they just don't require your time and attention. Defer. So defer means that the task can or should be done at a later date. So not today, not even this week. It's important, but not time critical. So again, it's not something that you could delete. It does need to be done, but it doesn't need to be done within the next week. So what I recommend doing with these tasks is adding adding them to a later list that you can review either daily, weekly, or even monthly. So I personally review these tasks each Monday, and I even sometimes find that after a while they drift into the delete category, which is okay. And the final option, do. The most important. These are the items that need to be added to your schedule to ensure they get done. And again, they're items that need to be done by you, not things that you can delegate to someone else. So this brings us to the third and final tool that I wanted to talk about today, which is your calendar. Now, again, paper or digital, it doesn't really matter as long as it works for you and most importantly, you use it. So when it comes to setting up your calendar, I suggest you do things in this order. Firstly, enter your personal time. So this is holidays, breaks, and by breaks I mean morning tea, lunch break, that sort of thing, and downtime. So downtime is if you're taking the afternoon off. So again, make sure that you get down any family holidays that you've got, any long weekends that you've got coming up or public holidays if you don't wish to work them, 
any breaks you take during your day, such as your lunch break and downtime, just any time that you just want to take off or not work. So these times are important and should be protected in your calendar. They shouldn't be squeezed in around everything else if there's time. They're important to keep you in good mental and physical health. And if you're in good mental and physical health, your business will be in good health. Next is appointments, meetings, and events. So these are things that you've committed to doing and they're important to either you or your business. Just a word on meetings. I always suggest reviewing your recurring meetings regularly to see if they're really necessary or if they could be shortened or done away with altogether. You know, there is Parkinson's law that comes in a lot into productivity, which is that work will expand to fill the time that you give it. So it can be sometimes helpful to ask yourself or consider, could this one hour meeting be shortened to 45 minutes or 40 minutes or really be a rebel and try shortening it to half an hour? And what you might find in situations like this is having a shorter time frame actually helps people get to the point much faster. So instead of people rambling and telling you all the things that you don't need to know, knowing that they've got a time limit, then they might pull back and just give you the information that you need. Just ask the really important questions. So it's, you know, making the meetings snappier, more effective, more efficient. Just something I want you to bear in mind. So the last thing that you should add to your calendar are work blocks. So these are protected blocks of time during your day and your week that you're putting aside specifically for focused, intentional, distraction and procrastination-free work. Putting everything you learned back in episode two of this productivity series into action. My work blocks are generally one or two hours long, depending on what else is happening during that day. And they tend, well, I do have some measure of uniformity as to where my work blocks sit during the week. But again, it's whatever works for you. If you prefer to have a Monday heavy with work blocks and a Friday light with work blocks, go for it. Do what works with you. But these are the next things that you need to put or the last thing that you need to put into your diary. So once you have these three things established in your diary, your personal time, appointments, meetings and events and work blocks, you're ready to start scheduling in your to-do list items. And the reason we do it in this order is because you know exactly how much time you have available each day and week to get stuff done. So That then gives you the ability to schedule the tasks into your work blocks and make it happen. Now, the final word I want to say on calendar scheduling is that always remember life happens and we are humans, not task completing robots. If something in your calendar doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, learn from what went wrong. Did you not allow enough time 
Did something out of your control interrupt it? Or were you just pushing yourself too hard and you needed to take a break? Learn from it. Adjust what you do next time. So apply the lessons you've learnt to the next week and move on. It's all trial and error. There are no hard and fast rules or answers. So that brings us to the end of this Productivity 101 episode. I'm just going to really quickly recap the main points. Number one, you want to get your inbox to zero and the five options you have when dealing with your email are read, wait, action, archive and delete. Number two, brain dump everything you need to do onto your to-do list and then apply the four options, delete, delegate, defer and do. And finally, set up your calendar each week with your personal time first, appointments, meetings and events second, and finally your work blocks where you're actually going to sit down and work through the items left on your to-do list. In the next and last episode in this series, I'm going to talk about self-care and consistency. So it's how to use productivity as a self-care practice and how to create some habits to help be more consistent in getting shit done. So until next time, take care and stay well. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.